The impact of a father on the life of his offspring, whether good or bad, cannot be underestimated. In fact, the influence of just one father on just one life can end up having a huge impact, good or bad, on the rest of the world. If nothing else, at the very least, the DNA provided by fathers is essential for the very existence of every human being on this planet. So why has the institution of fatherhood been so marginalized and maligned of late? And why have the offspring of this valuable institution called fatherhood seemingly taken it for granted without realizing its contribution to the balance and health of God's ecosystem? Well, we'll find out what fathers say about it next on Licensed to Parent. Well, we are glad to have you with us once again on today's edition of License to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherd's Hill Academy, a year-long Christ-centered residential program helping teens in crisis and, by extension, their families. I'm Rich Rosal, and our host is the founder and director of Shepherd's Hill, Trace Embry. Uh, Trace, I know this is a subject that's very near and dear to your heart uh, for several reasons. Why is the subject of fathers such a big deal to you? Well, Rich, I, I don't mean to sound like a wise guy, but you know, it, it's a big deal for me for the same reason it's a big deal to you, and should be a big deal for every human being on the planet. You know, I don't know. Maybe it's because it's uh, you know such a small deal to so many other people who are blinded to the obvious because they can't get their faces and hands away from their screens and keyboards anymore. Uh, maybe it's because every day uh, I see what weak, misguided, or AWOL fathers are doing to the next generation and to the country at large. Maybe it's because I see the traditional family as the most fundamental, organic, and essential form of government that any nation could could wish to have, now being forsaken for all the casual and perverted sex that's cheapened human relationships and dry-rotted our culture from the inside out. Maybe it's because the answers to the, the problems of the South Side of Chicago and other inner cities, long-term as they may be, aren't being addressed because of political correctness, uh, cloaked behind the mantra and fear of being called a racist. Maybe it's because of what I do every day here at Shepherd's Hill. Maybe it's because I watched my own father slowly self-destruct from the poor influences of his own father and then die right before me at 54 years old. Or maybe it's because I learned to see beyond all my father's self-destructive ways and through the abuse of his two wives and five children to a man who still had many great attributes to offer his family into the world. Maybe it's because I have hope. Hoping those fathers who've messed up so bad that they, they have no hope in themselves anymore. The things I hate most about myself, I learned from my dad. Uh, by the same token, what I like most about myself, I, I learned from my dad. Mm. But more than anything, good or bad, that my dad ever said to me, and, and there were many, it was really more about something that he did every Friday. He simply showed up. Uh, my parents divorced when I was five years old when mm. divorce wasn't cool, right? From the age of five until the time I came uh, to legal age to drive, uh, you know, my father never, not one time, ever missed a Friday picking up my sister and me from my mom's house for weekend visitation. Not one time. Rain, sleet, snow, it didn't matter. Uh, he was there every Friday. I remember one Friday he showed up in a taxi because his car broke down on the way. Uh, another Friday, he, as, as he stood at the front door of my mom's house, he suddenly threw us all in the basement, including his ex-wife, my, my mom. Uh, now, my dad was an abusive guy, so, so at first I thought he was just going postal on all of us again until we immediately heard th this huge noise and then an eerie quiet. And when we came back upstairs, the, the neighbor's garage was uh, originally only about six feet from our own garage, was gone, uh, yet nothing else was even touched. 
My dad may have been abusive, but he wasn't going to let anyone else or anything else hurt us, not even a tornado. But even when he, he was sick, he would, he would make sure that my, my stepmother showed up to get us. And he was a busy guy. I mean, he had a job. And then on weekends, he raced cars in the summer, and he played in a country and western band in the winter. In fact, there were times when, you know, we went to his house on the weekend only to be uh, with a babysitter half the time because he was playing gigs on the weekend. So if there was one thing I could say about my dad that impacted me more than anything, I'd say he showed up. Mm. And you express that with a lot of respect for your dad, which which says that, mm-hmm. that that means a lot. And it's been said that half of success in life is just showing up. So your dad did that. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that's right. But before we bring on today's guest, I got to just say one more quick thing about my dad that I really, it really impacted me. Uh, as abusive as he was, again, he... He never was afraid to say, I love you, and, and then affirm it with hugs and kisses. I can tell you this much. Showing up and showing physical affection and just saying I love you on a pretty regular basis made up for a whole lot of mistakes. And I think I've told you this before, Rich, but you know, I used to keep a picture of my dad in my, on my office wall. And it was taken uh, when he was a kid with, with six brothers and sisters. And all of them were either in their bib overalls or other moderate clothing, but they were all products of their own incredible poverty and abuse. Mm. And so I had to stay reminded of where my dad came from, you know, to keep from harboring bitterness. And I think we all need to be aware, you know, of things like that uh, with with certain people, particularly our parents, uh, before we can ever really appreciate where and what they are today, because there always seems to be one more fact about a person that we, we we need to know before we can get an accurate assessment or cast a valid judgment on them. And not that we're, you know, to be casting hypocritical or self-righteous condemnation on anyone. The Bible's pretty clear about that. Anyway, all of that to say that the impact of a father is immeasurable, and what fathers say uh, to us can uh, penetrate us to our core, for good or for ill, as you said, but they first have to be there. They've, they've got to show yeah. up. Well, joining us today on Licensed to Parent is the man who wrote the book on what fathers say. We'll get to that in just a moment. Joe Battaglia is founder and president of Renaissance Communications, a company specializing in providing media platforms for organizations and gifted communicators of biblical truth. Renaissance has been involved in the promotion of several successful hit movies to the faith-based marketplace, such as The Passion, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, Polar Express, Facing the Giants, Fireproof, God's Not Dead, Left Behind, I Can Only Imagine, and many, many more. Uh, Joe is also executive producer and general manager of Keep the Faith Radio. That's a nationally syndicated radio program heard in over 300 markets and on numerous stations overseas. He is also the author of several books, including A New Suit for Lazarus, published by Thomas Nelson, as well as The Politically Incorrect Jesus, Living Boldly in a Culture of Unbelief, That's My Dad, and Father's Say, all published by Broad Street Publishing. By the way, we talked with Joe about The Politically Incorrect Jesus on this program a couple of years ago, and you can find that conversation on our website at licensedtoparent.org. But today... We've asked him back so that we can learn what fathers say. Joe, welcome back to License the Parent. Well, it's really good to be with you guys again. Tell us about your own dad, uh, you know, his influence on your life. Oh, well, that's good because I had a great father. He was an immigrant from Italy, so I'm a first generation, and so we grew up in a nuclear family with my grandparents, my paternal hmm. uh, grandparents with us as well. So you had several father figures in mm-hmm. the house. Um, and so my dad was a shoemaker, and um, 
he was about as consistent as you could be because that was the whole point of being, um, you know, a contributor to the family to make sure that you took care of things and everything was solid and safe and secure. Um, and he was, you know, hardworking, of course, and honest. Um, but he also had this kind heart that I could see at various times. Um, and as I explain in some of the parts of my book, you know, when I wanted to see um, affirmative action, let's take current things that people want to, you know, talk about, right? Um, you know, when he had to hire somebody to be in his uh, shoemaker shop, you know, it was an African-American man, not another Italian man. And so um, I saw that we could step outside of ourselves. So that shop certainly had people. some soul then, right? That, that shop certainly had some yeah, soul. Yeah, <laughs> it did. <laughs> and, and there was uh, a wonderful opportunity, right, to um, be with somebody not like you, but who stood on his own merits and was a wonderful guy. That's and so good. you come around those people and then you bring them into your life, right? Yeah. Um, when, some, when, we were, when we were visiting a family that was down on its luck, uh, at one point I remember, uh, as we were leaving, my father reached into his wallet and without any fanfare or saying anything, took out a couple 20s and handed them to this person. That's what 20s and bought so, well, that's right. Um, <laughs> you know, it really did. Um, and so he didn't say anything. He didn't even know that I saw it. Uh, but I certainly did and um, understood that um, it's really good to be able to invest in people when they are not able to invest in themselves. Yeah. yeah. Right? Absolutely. And so that spoke highly uh, of uh, his generosity and how generosity works. Yeah. You know, it doesn't make a lot of fanfare. It doesn't, you know, proclaim that you're generous. It only acts because the heart asks it to act, and it has nothing to do with what you say. And so uh, all these wonderful attributes that I learned from him, <clears throat> um, even when I went off to college, um, you know, I got a full scholarship to Rutgers here in New Jersey, but I wanted to go to Boston University because it had a great communications department and journalism, which is what I became. Um, and so he uh, deferred to me because he trusted in me, and I was 18 at the time. Yeah. So um, he showed in me confidence that I could be independent and make my own decisions, and it had nothing to do with money. Yeah. It had to do with what he could entrust me with. Mm. So I learned the value of understanding trust, that mm. it's not always the most expedient thing financially, mm. but it may be the most opportune thing for your children to see that they trust you, and because of that, you become a better person. I do have to ask one question before we move from your dad into talking about other dads and dads in general. Your dad was a shoemaker. I just have to ask, did you have shoes? That's that's the <laughs> the old line about the cobbler's kids never had shoes. Did the Bataglias have shoes? We had very good shoes. Okay. My, uh, well. my, my dad actually made them for me when I was a child so that my feet would grow right and my uh, back would be straight. Wow. Because he understood... 
uh, he was an, he was like an old time uh, shoemaker who actually could make shoes along oh. with a shoe repairman. Right. And so he had a shoe repair shop, but he made shoes for deformed feet um, on the side for people that could not walk oh. properly. Especially and he was like Geppetto downstairs <laughs> in the basement. <laughs> so even <laughs> you know, with his craft. Even even when you yeah. acted like a heel, you still didn't give many tongue. I get that. Oh. <laughs> Oh, you may want to edit that out. That's, that's a bad pun. <laughs> Moving oh, on. Okay. All right. Ten thousand. Oh, Rich, do something with Trace, will you? I'll, I'll try to. Oh. Our, our culture, though, uh, you know, we're talking about dads and the fact that they can influence good or bad with what they do. And as Trace pointed out, even with the bad, his dad did impart some very good traits uh, to Trace and and you know to Trace's kids and that sort of thing. Um, why do you think so much of fatherhood and so so many fathers are being marginalized these days? I think part of the reason is that we have forsaken what we have been commanded to do in Scripture. And let me point to something very specific. Um, in Deuteronomy 11, Moses calls the men of the camp together, and he says this to them. Fix these words of mine in your hearts and minds. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Mm-hmm. Teach them to your children, talking about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates so that your days and the days of your children will be many in the land the Lord swore to give your ancestors." Fathers have forgotten and lost the art of being the teacher and have abdicated their position to others. So all men are teachers, or should be, according to Moses here. Some are reluctant, many are absent, but our children will learn something from us, even if it's nothing. No, that's true. Don't be that kind of father. And so I think... You know, the forsaking the biblical admonitions of um, being with our kids, knowing Scripture, teaching them constantly. You know, whatever situation and opportunity you have, make it a teaching situation, because most of those things happen extemporaneously, right? Mm -hmm. When you, so Moses is saying, yeah, when, when you go about your life, when you live out your life, teach. Right. And I think we've abdicated that. Yeah, and, and as you said, we're, we're teaching whether we like it or not. Uh, you know, some of the best kids I've ever run across had terrible dads, dads that uh, modeled some really rotten things, and the kids actually learned from that, from their, their other outside influences that were actually were good, and they compared the two. Uh, but yeah. do you hold Hollywood responsible for any of this, our government? If so, how so? We understand that... We are a saturated society of messages that are assaulting us daily. And we know that the enemy is about destroying the things that create stability in God-fearing people. So all these images um, and caricatures of what it is to be a father that we get from what comes out of uh, that creative community in Hollywood and elsewhere, right? Um, All the mixed messages of the broken people who give us our news comes from a filter of brokenness. 
And certainly, uh, as things have changed dramatically in how fathers are perceived or how families are perceived, uh, and everybody, you know, <clears throat> you know, can shake their head and say, you know, we want to return to father knows best or leave it to Bieber and those kinds of yeah. images. Daddy. Yeah, which of course were good. You know, you know, family units that were together and loved each other and um, stood behind each other and mentored each other. Um, those are all good biblical things. You know, so you can, you know, say it was corny and not the way things are, but it doesn't mean that they are not the right way. And that's why I focus on, you know, things like Moses here saying that in Deuteronomy. Um, and I could certainly unpack a, an example for you with my daughter, if you would like me to just well, tell let, a story. Let's do that in a moment. Our guest today on Licensed to Parent is Joe Battaglia. He's author of Father's Say, published by Broad Street. You'll find that wherever you get your books. We have to pause briefly, but we'll be back with more conversation with Joe Battaglia when Licensed to Parent continues. Everywhere we go, we're surrounded by screens. Have we entered into a techno-utopia or a virtual prison? Prison. prison? Is our social experience richer and deeper or more shallow and artificial? Discover insightful answers to these questions in the documentary DVD, Captivated, Finding Freedom in a Media-Captive Culture. You'll learn from media experts, church leaders, and inspiring individuals and families from across the country, including Trace Embry and students from Shepherds Hill Academy. Most importantly, you'll discover how God's Word addresses the unique media challenges we face today. Captivated, finding freedom in a media-captive culture. Available in the store at LicensedToParent.org. Proceeds benefit the Shepherds Hill Academy Scholarship Fund. This is Dave Barton of Wall Builders. You know, history repeatedly validates the many benefits of an authentic biblical worldview. The Licensed to Parent radio broadcast helps restore that worldview back into the hearts and minds of today's parents, and Shepherds Hill Academy successfully demonstrates that troubled teens and their parents can still experience the abundant life while being fully equipped to win back our culture to biblical truth. The Licensed to Parent broadcast teaches timeless biblical principles and answers that are lived out every day at Shepherds Hill Academy. Both demonstrate that a biblical worldview provides guiding principles that work successfully every time they're applied. With the generous gifts from people just like you, we're able to provide parents with practical insights to navigate the challenges families face in today's culture, as well as helping troubled teens in our year-long residential program. To learn more and to donate, visit LicensedToParent.org. You're listening to Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherds Hill Academy. You'll find us and previous conversations we've had with many guests, including today's Joe Battaglia, on our website, licensedtoparent.org. And again, Joe Battaglia is our guest. He's author of Father's Say, published by Broad Street. And uh, Joe, right before the break, you were about to tell us a story from your own experience. Uh, so let's jump back into that. Sure. Uh, I was sort of like to... Um 
help us understand the power of a present father like we were talking about. And so my daughter was about 14 at the time and said, Dad, please take me to the mall. We know that's a teenage euphemism for, hey, Dad, I want you to spend money on the things that I would like to buy. Yeah. Ooh, I so need like to make notes. Dads, I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> and so like all dads, of course, it's a time to be with your children and hang out with them and so forth. And so instead of just giving her a few bucks and say, hey, go buy that, I'll go sit somewhere and have a cup of coffee, you know, I always would go with her into the stores just to see what those stores would, were like and what she was doing and all that. And so we walk into the this one store, which I hadn't been to in years, which I thought was a real preppy type of store. It was not. It had morphed into this quasi-pornographic wall space of murals that had um, adolescent girls not much older than my daughter, half naked from the waist up, lying unequally on a tired young men. And I just began to get so seething mad at the assault on my daughters um, and all the other kids that would walk in there to say, well, what's all this? And so um, my daughter says, Dad, please don't, because she'll know I'll say something. And so we <laughs> walk up to the kids. counter. <laughs> you know, then the Italian, the North, uh, North Jersey Italian started coming out in me. <laughs> um, and so I uh, walk up to the counter, hand the young people who were there, of course, their kids, you know, selling and right. having a part-time job and hand them the shirt and... Uh, that my daughter wanted and said to the boy who was there, I said, young man, uh, please tell your manager how offended I am by what I see on the walls here. Uh, and by the way, what do you think about all this? And so mm-hmm. he sheepishly turns away. Uh, my daughter's ribbing, hitting me in the rib saying, please, dad, don't. <laughs> and because there's a line in back of us and she's getting all red. And, and then I turn to the young lady and ask her, is this the way you would like to be thought of? by young men that come up to this counter and she was an attractive young lady um, and she kind of sheepishly turns away at which point my daughter shouts out so like everybody hears dad they don't care mm. on cue mm. the young man turns back to me and says I wish my father cared as much that is incredible you know a number of years later my daughter was on vacation with some of her pals and she calls me and she says hey dad i'm reading your book and it has that story in there (laughs) and my thing my friend said that was really cool (laughs) (laughs) absolutely yeah well at the time she didn't think so no no at the time Um, a lot of things aren't cool you know but uh when you when you look back on it you're, you're glad you did it uh since fathers are usually beaten up so bad sometimes by our own kids um what words of encouragement uh, could you give the the repentant father who really did screw up? And he's listening to this broadcast right yeah. now, who's been estranged from his children because of his own neglect, his own abuse or abandonment, uh, but the kids want nothing to do with him. What encouragement do you have for that man? As long as you're alive and breathing, there's hope, right? Right. But it takes an effort. And pain isn't uh, alleviated if it takes years to produce pain, it'll take some time to alleviate it as well. Right. But you have to start somewhere. And so understand that the best thing you can do is repent and say you're sorry to them mm-hmm. and not anything else. That's it. So they need to see humility first mm-hmm. and they need to see humbling 
and they need to hear sorrow, and they need to see tears. Yeah. See, tears are the currency of heaven, mm. um, that they attest to our humanity, and that's why God saves them in a bottle, as it says in Scripture. And so our children will probably understand uh, tears and humbling and humility and saying I'm sorry more than anything else you could ever say or do. So you start there and then continue to show that. Just try to come to an understanding that where you've screwed up and where you have been the worst is where God can take it and redeem the most. The only thing of value is the thing in your heart that makes it. And the spirit you bring into the situation is important. You have to have this you know, spirit of remorse and, um, and reconciliation because the same spirit that you give out is the same one that they're going to receive at the other end. And, they're gonna, and their spirit then will attest to it. So you've got to come with that spirit so their spirit can sense that and begin to have some healing. But, you know, recognize that time is important too. Well, forgive us our trespasses as we, you know, would forgive those yeah. who trespass against us. Yeah. I mean, we, I, I tell our kids, you got to be okay with being ripped off once in a while because you're going to rip off someone whether on purpose or inadvertently and uh, you're going to want to be uh, treated the way you, you treat others. So that's basic Yeah, so you can ask... For their forgiveness as they ask for yours. There you yeah. go. I want to put a little bit of a bookend on on this program today with a, a quick, very quick personal story. But, you know, we've talked about uh, fathers who may be abusive, fathers who may be absent and things like that. There are many of us who are fathers who don't even recognize that we are that person. And uh, for me, it was a case that uh, a job that I was in years back was eliminated. The whole department was eliminated. And that's when I started my own company. And in order to succeed in that, I was putting in a whole lot of hours to the exclusion of my family. And my youngest kids in particular, and I've got five, uh, were the, the, um, the victims, the biggest victims of that. And that really caused a rift in our relationship for a while. And I'm glad to say that in more recent years, it has begun to mend. But it, it took me being able to realize, wait a minute. I'm an absent father, and I'm working from home. How is this possible? So if you're hearing this conversation today, and this is where you find yourself, uh, there may be any number of good reasons as to why that's the case, but do what you can to get reinvested. As Trace said at the beginning of the program, just showing up is, uh, is half the battle. So uh, don't, don't abandon your family, even for a good purpose like providing for your family. <laughs> you got to try to make it work. Our guest today on Licensed to Parent has been Joe Battaglia. He's author of the book Fathers Say and several other books as well. You'll find those wherever you get your books. And, uh, Joe, it has been a delight to talk to you once again. It's been a couple of years. Thanks so much for being on Licensed to Parent. God bless you, brother. Thank you again for the time. And that is all the time we have on today's Licensed to Parent. Remember, you'll find us online at LicensedToParent.org. You can also find past programs, conversations on a lot of topics vital to parents and their teens, and you can sign up for our blog. You can also help us help others. As you might imagine, running a residential program for troubled teens is very expensive, and many families simply can't afford it. But with your help, they can. Simply click the Donate tab at the top of the page when you go to LicensedToParent.org. And if you'd like to learn more about Shepherd's Hill Academy, our residential program, and whether we might be a good fit for your family, 
or for someone you know and care about, just click the link to Shepherd's Hill on our homepage. Our guest coordinator on Licensed to Parent is Daniel Fazina. Our technical producer is Carl Peets. For Trace Embry, I'm Rich Rosal, inviting you to join us again next time to renew your License to Parent. And remember, folks, if you don't train your children, somebody else will. God bless you. We'll see you next time.